You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me, as always, from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood, everybody. What's up, Will? Goodness gracious. Great balls of rookie fire. <laughs> yeah, feels good. I can't sing very well tonight, Will, because I've got a wicked cold. Yeah, but I mean, I'm... tonight's way different than any other night, but okay. Let's, let's... <laughs> we like to have fun here, everybody. But I'm being... All right. Let's just jump right into it. With something fun, this this is uh, this is a fun fact, Will, that you shared with me, and I love the fun fact. So let's let's rewind back to the twenty what was it eighteen senior 20, bowl. I think twenty eighteen senior bowl. That's right. Yeah, and me, me main man Akram Wadley for the University of Iowa. Uh, we were looking, I was looking at you know how tall he was, how much he weighed. Uh, he was a great pass catcher in college, everything like that. Everything you know you really kind of wanted for potentially like an all-purpose back moving to the NFL. Well. Uh, he went in and he weighed less and was smaller and then had these teeny tiny baby hands. And that is a red flag that we should pay attention to. And I feel like, you know, Benjamin's been beat down quite a bit already based on his, his last season. But don't, I, I, to me, he's, he's almost off my do not draft list. Like I, I'm reaching for other places at any point in a rookie draft at this point in time. Uh, assuming he goes in the NFL draft, let's say even like a six round pick, uh, he might be even falling further. Who knows? But, uh, is he the Akramaldi Senior Bowl? Because he came in at 5'9", 195, uh, eight and three-eighth inch hands, which also have done some hand research on running backs, Ryan, and PPR points over the past, like, five years. And it's not good. Not good for the small-handed running backs. Uh, unless you're Chris Johnson, it doesn't typically work out well for you. So uh, it, it was a sad day for Eno because I wanted him to do – you know, you always wanted him to do well, but now for rookie drafts, he's uh, – a complete stay away player for me. Yeah. And I think it'll, it'll turn out that way too for everybody. Cause I think you're right. I think he gets drafted late in the NFL draft. And so people will tend to stay away from him unless he's drafted by the Kansas city Chiefs in the sixth round. And they only draft him as running back. And then all of a sudden the sky's the limit. All bets are off. But yeah, that just means go acquire Damian Williams. <laughs> yeah. Again. I mean, remember Darwin Thompson going in the sixth round? Like, I, I watched a video of him front squatting like a million pounds. It was great. The whole room got hyped up. And it turns I, out that doesn't do anything for fantasy points. Yeah, I remember. I think I got him in one league. But basically, every league, I, I, you know, I, I, I was still intrigued, even though he was drafted so late. I, I was buying the hype, buying that narrative. So I wanted to get him, like, in the third, fourth round. He always got drafted before I, I had a chance to draft him. And I was so bummed at the time, but. It's funny how things work out for you. Then I also wanted to get more Derek Henderson than I did. And, um, you know, that worked out for me too, other than the teams where I was able to acquire him. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, you know, don't, that's, I think, a good lesson to remember as we get into rookie drafts. There'll be these guys that you really like for whatever reason. And if you don't get them, don't worry, because a lot of them just don't pan out anyway. So don't stress about it. Yeah, it was also Better. a really bad year for rookie dice rolls uh, for the, like, the 2019 season. Not enough starting running backs got hurt. There were no, like not and, and guys didn't boom when they had their opportunity. Like look at Ty Johnson. He was that kind of like he was that golden goose that could have been. And he he wasn't. So we're we are very disappointed in what they were able to do outside of uh, you know, all those backup roles and those fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. Yeah, well, especially with the running back position for sure. It it did seem like this was a year where we didn't have too too many. I mean, yeah, you had a week here or there where uh, you got some production from guys, but but yeah, overall with these rookies for sure. Uh, although I will say that there were some nice surprises with wide receivers and quarterbacks, like uh, Garner Minshew gave you a couple of terrible weeks in Superflex League, for example. But yeah, overall, but, and we'll probably have more this year. We're going to talk about this class in a second, Will. And I think one thing that's going to be exciting about this class is just the wide receivers and the wide receiver depth. And um, I, but but I, maybe I'm jumping too far ahead before we get into the current Superflex rookie rankings. Um, do you want to talk about anything else that's going on in the NFL before we jump into that? No, it's, it's XFL season. No. Do you want to, do you want to give an XFL take or two before we get no, into that? No, no, <laughs> Did you watch any of it? I mean, I guess. Watch, I watched a touch. Yeah. I, I didn't watch any of it. I wanted to, it just timing wise didn't work out. Busy weekend. Family was sick and over some things, yada, yada, yada. 
But I think the kickoff thing was interesting. I think that's the big takeaway, if nothing else, the way they did the kickoffs, right, where they had the guys line up down the field. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, maybe that's something that we'll see in the NFL. But beyond that, I don't know that we're going to see any um, fantasy implications for any of these guys or anything like that. But. Yeah, and I think that it's the first week. Let's let this develop a little bit. These guys have barely practiced together. You know, yeah. Cardell Jones is the MVP, so – I do, uh, I, do have an XFL let, I do have an XFL letdown of the week, though. Um, and through no fault of the guy that started alt fantasy sports, but I joined an XFL league, was, was excited about it. <laughs> Log in for my draft, and man, like the draft isn't working, and like just it, the, the site, and the guy built it from scratch trying to make it work. It's a train wreck, and I'm sorry. Um, the guy that built all fantasy sports. I, and I really wish that's one thing that I think the XFL missed on will like, why didn't they develop their own on the XFL website, their own little fantasy game? Is it that complicated to program that when they've got, uh, the- according to alt fantasy league? Yes, it is. <laughs> and Ryan, yeah, to, to no fault of their own. Uh, and I feel like that's their complete fault, but I, right. I, I mean, they're the person to be the nice person in the world. And I get that it, it didn't end up working the way it was supposed to, but uh I mean, you just, it just got messed. You know, it's just messed. You, you did poorly. Yeah. Next, oh. next year, next season of XSFL, which may or may not happen. So, yeah. No, it will, I think it will because Vince McMahon has a lot of money and he has said that. He did last time, though. He was still the owner of XFL. Well, I guess. And the joke was uh, what does Hannibal Lecter eat while watching the XFL the last time around? Uh, and it was trick question. Nobody watches the XFL. <laughs> Yeah, no, it remains to be seen. Well, I think, though, it's a different landscape now. We didn't have DFS back then. I mean, DFS could alone give it enough ratings where it will it will at least register enough for it to keep going. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But All right, enough XFL talk. That's I've been plenty. too busy More watching uh, spring baseball, I guess. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about the uh, Superflex rookie um adp now where did you find this adp will that you put in the show notes you did you find it on twitter was this a dlf thing where where is where is this coming from well it was it's compiled from a few different websites uh i used dlf although they don't really i didn't find their superflex rookie adp very easily uh dynasty nerds is on here Uh, i looked at i listened to quite a few podcasts and i just kind of compiled everything into one and then made some adjustments for uh, you know, for what I feel like was variance within each people, each like kind of areas opinions, uh, and so that's one where the the first kind of my my first compiled uh, superflex rookie draft rankings. I think Justin Herbert will have a lot of movement in there, but I just kind of put this generic one in our show sheet, and then in, yeah. All right, so th- this is green a uh, Greenwood analytics special basically. You drew some data in from different sources and. We have kind of a consensus Superflex ranks, which, and I agree with them. When I look at them, I'm, I'm like, this makes sense based on what I've heard, based on mocks I've heard, what I've read on different websites. I like this. So do we want to talk about the list and then talk about our own rankings? What, 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 well, uh, yeah, run, you, will? let's just run down first. Yeah. So this kind of like averaged out through these, like to say like, there's, it's at least like seven different sources. And I feel like wide receivers are propped up, which won't be in your actual rookie drafts. I promise. Uh, but it goes Burrow, Tua, Swift, Judy, Lamb, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, and then I think you could slide like Justin Herbert in there at eight and then Cam Akers. Uh, but I think Cam Akers is going to be that you – know, he's going to be that fourth running back taken. And depending where those wide receivers go and how the quarterbacks go and if somebody moves Herbert. Like I saw Herbert go three in, 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 in a rookie draft. you know, And then I saw Cam Akers go three in a rookie draft. And I think those are uh, tough to take overall. So I think this is – in general, let's give a, a the, you know the top nine there. These are the the top nine players, or even if you took out Herbert, the top eight players I'm really interested in, and that's kind of how I uh, really plugged into Greenwood Analytics and and got it in there. All right, I'm going to add Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to this list too. You don't have him, but yeah, I think Zach, I think Zach Moss uh, is going to move a little bit too when it comes to NFL draft time, especially uh, you saw. Uh, one of the SPN guys, like rate Zach Moss is, is one of his top running backs. So potentially NFL teams value Zach Moss's skill set, but more than we do, we ju- we just don't know yet. And, that'll be that'll be interesting. You know, testing I, and everything like that, and how it plays out. His medicals, because yeah, I've heard he's not going to test very well. He's not particularly fast. I, so I, that's interesting to me that he's getting that kind of buzz because I had not heard that. But well, PFF had Zach Moss as their 
like second, like first or second rated running back going into the season for the NFL draft for 2020. Hmm. So that's how he came on my radar, you know, first. And nobody watches Utah games in the nicest way possible. Nobody really watches Utah games. So we haven't, you know, he doesn't have that, he doesn't have any vividness bias, as he said on Roto Underworld. But no, so you don't, you, he doesn't have that flash, you know, and Utah didn't play in like a big, a big bowl game that, you know, they were overall, it's just not a team you pay, really paid attention to. No, that's fair. That's fair. And he's not that five-star recruit like Cam Akers or J.K. Dobbs. You know, he just doesn't have the, the same. Yeah, story. and I, th- I think with this list, I think when you look at it, I do think there's kind of a, I don't want to say like a top tier, but in a sense, I will say top tier because I think when you're talking about the top seven picks in a Superflex rookie draft, you've got the two QBs. you got Burrow and Tua, right? Then you got three running backs, generally Swift, Taylor, and Dobbins. And then you got your two sub-wide receivers, Jerry, Judy, C.D. Lamb. So I think when people are looking at Superflex rookie picks, I, I think they look at one, one through seven as a pick you really want to have. And then after that, it gets a little bit muddled. I mean, that's my assessment of, of the way we're mocking these things right now. Yeah. Looking at it. I, and, I completely I, agree. And also, I just feel like the people are going to be taking home run swings on Herbert and whatever quarterback – uh, outside of that gets drafted in the first round. I think, I think there's going to be at least four. So. Yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It, it's going to be so interesting to see how many quarterbacks get taken in the first round. And that would really shake things up. And looking at the strength of this class, I really think it's a wide receiver position. And I think there will be so many intriguing wide receivers um, that are drafted. I, I think there'll be a lot of wide receivers taken in the top 100 picks. If you were to believe the, draft analysts out there, both people in the dynasty community and people that, you know, just study the NFL draft. So that's going to be really interesting. I, I do think there is this fall off in the running back position because we lost so many guys we thought were going to come out. Right. Um, just, just three, right? Yeah. But, but, uh, but, but, but three good ones. Yeah. Harris Hubbard and, and, and Najee Harris. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do think that that does hurt, but, but the, with the, the QBs with wide receivers and, with the running backs we have and, and intriguing ones with Cl- Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Cam Akers, man, the, well, those guys could be better oh. fantasy performers than the running backs taken before them. Yeah. I think Akers is going to be a massive combine winner. Yeah. And he could be a high climber. He could be a high riser because there's a team that can really fall in love with him. And, and then whatever team, whatever running back goes to the chiefs in the top three rounds, will just be the, the RB one. <laughs> so it won't matter. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, so what? How do you break this down then? If if I get a get a can I get a peek at your your cheat sheet? If we have a rookie draft tomorrow in the Superflex League, can you tell me how your list breaks down? Yeah, and I, and I thought about this, and I, I so I'm pushing down the wide receivers uh, because I think CD Lamb and Jerry Judy are good. They will get drafted highly, but I don't necessarily trust wide receiver profiles and how we project them in the NFL. It's tough. It's it's one of the hardest positions to really projecting what they're going to do and let's try to let's try to gain some value here in the first round rookie picks now only had a top nine that I was that I felt pretty good about and, and I may be higher on you know like a guy like Cam Akers than, than everybody else but so I just went I went Burrow, Swift, Taylor, Tua, Dobbins, Akers, Judy, Lamb, Herbert and I added Herbert in there because I think he's gonna be a top seven pick you know top 10 after all the, the ravers in the senior bowl uh, his size and arm talent. I just think he's going to be somebody. Somebody's going to grab him, and so I'm willing LA to Chargers, take him. LA Chargers. I mean, Philip Rivers isn't coming back. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I kind of just hope they roll with Tyrod Taylor next year and they win a Super Bowl with him, just to like show up the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. But the the one the one the one place I'm wavering. Okay, there's I should say two places. One, uh, Burrow at the top for me. I'm still not 100 percent confident in that. I feel like it's a safe pick. You're, you're taking a quarterback that's going to go most likely one-on-one overall. They're going to go into the situation in Cincinnati. Let's, let's pretend they're going to be better than they were last year. Their whole offensive line is going to be healthy, and things can play out for him. And he's a, he's a risk-taker and will produce in his rookie year and at least gain value, if not produce fantasy points for you. The next one is, with Swift and Jonathan Taylor, I think Jonathan Taylor has a really great opportunity to walk into the NFL and be great. And that's where... That, that's where I, I'm wavering a little bit. I, th- I think Jonathan Taylor is just so good 
because I saw a lot of Wisconsin as, as an Iowa fan and a Big Ten fan. And it's not just him having, you know, quantity carries and having a good offensive line. He, the, the way that he moves through the offensive line and gets skinny and sees holes, it just it's, it, it's, it's some of the best running back movement I've ever seen. And it, it, I don't have this, this myriad of, of film talent, but I, I think the NFL is going to take him higher than potentially a guy like DeAndre Swift. So I'll buy into the draft capital. Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair. And I, I wonder – I am wondering about Swift because I, I think we have kind of – including myself, he's, he's my 101 right now. I do think we've kind of put him on this pedestal because he's this complete back in theory that he can do everything. But at the same time, people that know more than us that look at this running back class, they say, okay, you don't have any Ezekiel Elliott's in this class. You don't have any of these, like – uber stud running backs and I think some people are starting to treat Swift as if he's this guy that's like this top 10 running back and I don't think he's gonna be taking that early I mean I think he's more like the Josh Jacobs range you know late first round so I do wonder if we aren't overvaluing Swift and I I think you make a good argument for maybe we're underrating Taylor because he has some special traits as um as the Saturday Sunday guys, Paul will be on the show next week. Paul Pertichese, as he would say, he's got like a calling card, right? <laughs> Some things he does really well. And um, I, I mean, I guess Swift is excellent at pass catching the ball. So I shouldn't say he doesn't have a calling card either. I just, I just don't know. I, I, I just think that we're, we're elevating Swift and, and maybe we need to be a little more critical of him as a player. Well, I think if John, if there's, if let's say one running back goes in the first round is Jonathan Taylor. If he's not your first running back taken, it's a huge mistake. I, I would totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Um, that is interesting though, but so Dobbins who emerged this year, you know, he, can you argue he's a more complete back? I mean, you watch a lot of big 10 football. You saw them both. So it's people. funny. So I was sitting next to Thor Nystrom, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, name drop. Yeah. You heard a trap. <laughs> the, one of the, uh, collegiate, uh, writers of the year for, for Roto world and that, that draft, you know, for the Minnesota dynasty league. Anyway, enough about that. But I asked him, I was like, what do you think about J.K. Dobbins? Because I was just curious. Because I was thinking about, you know, you got 12 Debbie Picks in the startup. And I was like, oh, what do you think about J.K. Dobbins? Like, he's looking pretty flashy. I think he looks pretty good. And he's like, he, he, he basically said that he was clunky. You know, he has explosiveness. You saw he has breakaway speed. But in general, he isn't the complete player of what you want in the NFL. He, and he didn't compare him to him. But I kind of got the opinion, like, I think he kind of feels like he's more like the Rashad Penny type of projection to into the NFL than the Ezekiel Elliott. And that's not that like, he did not say that or anything like that, but that's the, he's, he's not, he's not a, like losing the hips. He doesn't have the wiggle. Like he's a product of the offense this year with Justin Fields at quarterback and the offensive line and everything than he is of his actual talent. All right. That, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because Dobbins is moving up everywhere. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I mean, you, a couple months and, ago, you weren't really hearing about him. And we might pivot from uh, Do- from uh, Edwards Hilaire to Dobbins is the trap. Yeah, I don't think he's a trap. I mean, honestly, I think all seven of these, you know, consensus top seven picks, I, I feel really good about. But I, I think the question is, you know, is it a mistake taking Dobbins over Taylor? You know, let's say they're let's say their draft capital is pretty much equal. Let's say they're both taken late first round. They go one hundred one and one hundred two in the NFL draft. <laughs> and everyone's like, "What are these teams doing? Why did Cincinnati do that?" Uh, <laughs> 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 It'd be wild. Um, no, but I mean, seriously, that that's I think uh, you know a question because they I, I think in theory they they're going to go around the same same time, I and mean, we don't know, but yeah, right. So. And, and people will t- tend to go, and I think the narrative is already getting written, right? Like Dobbins is a more complete player. You know, he's a uh, potential three down back where maybe Taylor's not. Maybe Taylor's not the kind of back the NFL teams are looking for th- this time or um, in, in this day and age. Um, you've got, so you got two at number four. Why, why don't you have two a higher? I'm just, I, I, I just need to figure out how his medicals check out and he's left-handed. <laughs> All right. So he <laughs> doesn't like really play into it. But just a little bit that he's a shorter left-handed quarterback who now has medical issues coming in the NFL draft, and I think we just might be overvaluing Tua and what his like progressions and reads were at Alabama. Like he almost has like the Joe Burrow effect of being a product of a really good offense and team in the SEC, and so uh, he's going to get drafted really highly. 
and I am just, I, 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 you know, this is situation neutral. I'm a little scared. I don't think he's, okay. I don't think he's safe. Right. Well, especially with the, the injuries now, you know, well, let's see how his medicals check out. But, but I will say in college, you know, he, he was unbelievable. I mean, if you look at his numbers, if you look at his play, I mean, he, he met the eye test. I mean, his, his numbers are off the charts. So I, I get why people like Tua because he, he looks good and he put up amazing numbers. Yeah, so he might, he might have been accurate. playing with three first-round draft pick wide receivers. I know, I know. And, um, you know, at least one first-round draft pick uh, running back who didn't even start. So the, 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 idea, the thing is uh, – <laughs> no, You're but, right. But the, that, that's a part of it. It's, it's like, so remember Tua's, like, first play – for Alabama, uh, it, when he came in and he threw that pick six, right? And it may not have been his first play, but when when yeah. Alabama came back and beat Clemson, yeah, national championship game, yeah. So he threw he threw a pick six. No, not in that game. Maybe it was the next game. Anyway, did he in that game? I don't. Rem- I mean, I remember he came in and he he led them to a victory. That's what I remember. I don't remember all the. Yeah, that was the plays. second half. I think it might have been early on in the college football playoff the next year when they knocked. No, because uh, this is horrible. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Anyway, stop. anyway. I'll stop here. He threw an uh, interception to college. Oh, my God. Let's no, but it, this is the biggest stage. You know, it's a pick six. I, I, do, I don't think Tua is as good as his numbers are. And I'm worried about him being overvalued because of that. Without the size, without the potential running capability and a hip injury, uh, I am a little bit scared. But, you know, if you wanted to move him up there, this isn't – I wouldn't – No, like, you got him at – you get number number four. It's not like I'm. I mean, I'm really nitpicking here. It's it's fine. I just I just was curious. Yeah, I, like, I think I'm a lot of people. Gonna, I'm just going to take quarterbacks over wide receiver and superflex at this point in time. Well, yeah. Then let's talk about. You've got Acres at number six. You've got Acres above Judy and C.D. Lamb. I mean, that that's a little bit crazy. I mean, some people would say. Well, just situation agnostic. Uh, assuming Acres is going to be a top three round pick and go to a team that needs a running back, I will take that over those two wide receivers. I don't think either of them are like super generational talents that are going to change the game. Okay. I, I think that's, I mean, I think that's fair. I, I mean, I, th- I think you can certainly poke holes in Jerry Judy's game. Anyway, he's, he's not exactly the prototypical, si- prototypical size. I can't even talk tonight with this cold. Um, I don't know. CeeDee Lamb though, man. I, I mean, he's, he's, he's really good. And I, I think the landing spots here, I mean, I'm just projecting landing spots. You know, if he goes to Philadelphia or if he goes to Arizona, Oh baby, I mean it'd be hard to ch- if if they, they those guys go in the first round. If, if Ceedee Lamb goes in the first round to the Arizona Cardinals and Acres is taken in the third round, and let's say he goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just for fun, good landing spot. You still take Acres oh. over Ceedee Lamb? Oh my goodness, Ryan! Horrible example with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians with Cam Acres. Oh, he might yeah. be going one on one overall. Okay, no, no, that's that's fair, but no, I mean, not no, he's taking the third round. I mean, he's not going to go one one overall. I mean, yeah, yeah, in in your drafts, I mean, but you're right. I mean, I think that's a scenario, though. I bet in some drafts, if if that happened, some people would take Acres over Land for sure because they they would see the situation landing spot. And they'd be like, okay, it's Acres kid. Yeah, my my opinion with Ceedee Lamb is, I think he's great. But I don't think that we're good enough at evaluating wide receiver talent at this point in time in the Big 12, uh, especially at Oklahoma. What's the last Oklahoma wide receiver that, that's, like, had huge stats and then, like, boomed in the NFL? I get Marquise Brown won the first round. You know, but I was going to say Hollywood Brown had some good there. names. Like, I still really like him. But I think Lamb's a different player in that wide-open offense. And I love all his traits. But I'm going to be taking running backs, assuming that he it takes him a minute to adapt to the NFL. It's easier to run over the whole Big Twelve defense, and that's a dog of the Big Twelve defense. Like they're fine, but it's it's always easier to run over college players uh, when you're an excellent college player than the NFL. Let, let's just say though, just for fun, he is paired, reunited with with Kyler Murray. He goes to Arizona. You're you're not a little bit excited about C.D. Lamb. You don't want to take him. You know, there's a top five pick in your super flex draft. No, I still think the running backs. All right. Hashtag, you know, staying on brand. Well, I got to give you credit. So that, well, no, it's it. just, uh, I mean, Kyle Murray was reunited with his freshman uh, running mate in Arizona. And I mean, they had like an okay season together. That was his first year. 
um, we, were, we were talking about the Patreon show, by the way. And if you want to check out the Patreon show, you can go to patreon.com. She has fantasy Joe. See, I squeeze that in there. Well, and we talked a little bit about Carla Murray and his dynasty value. And, and that was kind of a fun conversation. Uh, I, th- I think in one quarterback, like uh, one quarterback PPR leagues, the five and six pick, assuming people go running back for the first four are just going to be ultra values. I think there's going to be a lot of ultra values um, in the Superlux leagues. I think in the, as we get into the second round, because I think there are just so many wide receivers that are going to be taking like second, third round. And I, I think there'll be some really nice gets. I mean, I'm not saying all those guys are going to work out, but like a Justin Jefferson type, um, uh, you know, you could probably get in the early to mid second round. And I think that's going to be, uh, you know, a nice value. Um, guys like that. So looking at these rankings a little bit further, um, Justin Herbert, you, you know, you've got number nine, I've got a number eight on my list. Um, are, are we undervaluing him if he goes? Well, you put Swift over Burrow too. Explain yourself. Yeah, because I, I do think that even though I just said, are we, are we putting him on a pedestal? I, I think there's good reason for it. And I think that I want, I, I, I'm projecting him to go in the first round and I think he's going to be the only runner back to go in the first round. So I want to have that first running back over even the number, you know, number one quarterback taken. Um, yeah. I, I, most of my teams, I, I think it's close. I think it's real close, but, but give me Swift over, over Burrow there. I just think, I think it's safer. I think, you know, uh, as, as we talked about Jordan, what a couple of weeks ago, Running backs taking the first round, they don't miss. I mean, it's just a, it's just a good bet to, to take. Um, what if and, Zach Moss is the only running back taking the first round? Do you move him up over Burrow? Oh, man, I don't know about that. I don't think that's going to happen. Because at this point in time last year, I don't feel like we saw Josh Jacobs as being this first round. Like, he was just starting to gain this, like, hype of being a first-round pick or being talked about. But, okay, it let me ask. Little, it might have been a little bit earlier in the year, but so, we so weren't what, expecting this, like – you know, no, that's fair, and that's fair. And, and what happened in Superflex leagues last year? It was Kyler Murray that went at the 101 most leagues, and then Jacobs, if memory serves. And we took Kyler Murray over Jacobs, and I and I did too. So, uh, what's the difference between Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow? I think that we saw that Murray had the traits, the running ability to to put up big fantasy numbers in the NFL. And with Joe Burrow, as you pointed out already, there are doubts about him. He did it in one season in a great system. I don't know that he's going to translate into, into being this top, you know, QB, QB one, this top 12 quarterback year in and year out in the NFL. I just don't know if I can project that. I think he'll probably be solid, but do you want the solid quarterback or do you want a guy that could be a, uh, you know, top six running back and swift potentially. So that's where I'm going. Maybe higher upside. Mm-hmm. You also put Dobbins over Taylor. Oof. Yeah, because uh, once again, the, the skill set, you know, I, I do, I, I'm buying into the narrative that Dobbins could be more of a, a complete player, uh, get more third down work than Taylor. I think it's so important for running backs to have that pass catching ability. And although Taylor demonstrated a little bit of that, his, his last year in college, I, I don't know. He's, he's not the pass catcher that those other guys are. You, you can't argue that, right? Yeah, offenses. Wisconsin's boring. <laughs> no, but okay. What about this? I know we, we're not supposed to look at landing spot so much, but let's say the Titans, I mean, I've heard this before. This is just fun to talk about. This isn't going to happen, but they decide not to resign Derek Henry. He's a free agent. He doesn't resign with the Titans. The Titans draft Taylor. How excited are you then? Oh, off the charts. <laughs> I mean, that'd be perfect, right? Like if they take him first round and then just keep Ryan Tannehill and like franchise tag. But yeah. why would you not take Jonathan Taylor with that offensive line? Because you you need to assume like no injuries, right? And yeah, of course. They yeah they added like that that Saffold signing this year turned out to be massive, and it turns out Ryan Tannehill might not be horrible when you get away from Adam Gaze. <laughs> I know that's just fun. That's not going to happen. But I, I mean, why wouldn't it though? It's he he'd be I, so I much could. cheaper than they can just they can just let uh, let him walk. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It, it could, it could happen. I shouldn't say it can't happen. I mean, but these things don't always happen for us. We always want these like dream scenarios. They don't always happen for us. So it would be nice for, for that to happen. It, it, that would be like a dream scenario. If, if Jonathan Taylor was like 6'3", 270, they, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what if they take A.J. Dillon first round? 
<laughs> First round? Oh, my, my God. He's, the, he's Derrick Henry, right? <laughs> Is he not? Oh, God, that'd be exciting. No, he's, he's not that good. He's not, he's not Derrick Henry. But Yeah, he produced more numbers early in his career than Derrick Henry did, so – well, they draft Taylor, and then they 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 draft Dylan to to like later. Oh, if they up. draft if the Titans <laughs> don't resign Henry and draft AJ Dylan in the top three rounds, now that's I'm, a handcuff right there. I'm gonna struggle doing a podcast with my shirt on for the rest of the year. <laughs> oh, I so Judy for you. You know, we we both have him at number seven. I mean, do we have any issues with that? Do we have any fears? Because it's it seems like there are that's some just a draft capital pick, right? Yeah. Neither of us really think like Judy is a generational talent overall. No, but I think he's probably, you know, like, a, I mean, do I see him ascending to like wide receiver one? No, but he's probably one of those guys like a, like a Jarvis Landry type, um, you know, that, that just like always puts up good numbers, like wide receiver two consistently. That, that's what, how I see Jerry Judy in the NFL. Yeah. It depends what kind of wide receiver two. If it's wide receiver 24 with a lot of variance or wide receiver, you know, 15, with some with a just you know solid performances it, it, it varies you know uh and i'm not willing to project that and and he'll be a pick for me based on draft capital and yeah. potentially landing spot yeah and, and probably not the type of guy you want to take you know over yeah you know i, I questioned your taking acres over those wide receivers but i think you you make a good argument with acres you've, you've certainly got some upside there whereas Maybe with a Jerry Judy, your upside is somewhat limited, right? So if, if you're you're playing it safe by taking Judy over Acres, depending on Lenny. Yeah, well, I just like wide receivers so much harder to predict how they're going to pay on the NFL. Yeah, that's I get you can watch as much college tape as you want, but the SEC isn't exactly what it used to be either. And the, you know the fact that 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 offense was was dominant throughout his early years, and the, the same with Burrow too. Like it, it's changing, and we need to uh, evolve with the changes. And it makes it harder for, for college evaluation. It, it, it's just wild how, how much it can vary. And that, that we'll base a little bit on draft capital, but we'll be wrong with, with some of these guys. But you have to go, go by something. And so when Judy's that high, I guess that's where my cutoff point is. If, like, assuming Judy goes, like, top 50 picks, you know? I assume, go, I assume Judy's a first-round pick, the same with CeeDee Lamb. Right. I feel like there's no way they fall out of that. Do you think at, when it's all said and done that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be drafted before Judy in most rookie drafts? You just had to predict it today. Without knowing it, you know, draft capital, obviously. Yes, I'll go yes. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, he's getting the hype from Dynasty community and some of the you know draft community. And, you know, we talked about he's one of those guys that it's a trap, but I don't know. It's also a, it's a fun, it's a fun trap it's to fall into trap. right now. If he doesn't test the combine, <laughs> back out. All right. Anyone else we, we want to talk to? Have we exhausted this? Do we have time to talk about our um, Twitter polls that we did, or are we, we out of time for that? We should, we should do them real quick. I wrote some. A lot of, a lot of <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do it really quick. I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. So – we had kind of a Twitter almost a fail because something weird happened. And this was an issue for a lot of people that put polls on Twitter. Um, and this, this is February 4th when we did it. Um, some of our polls didn't get a lot of votes. The first three got a decent amount of votes, but then after that, like I, I went on it on my phone and they weren't showing up. So anyway, not, not the kind of sample size we'd like, but we have a decent sample size. So what we did is we had a player or pick thread and we asked people, which would you rather have, the player or the 2020 rookie pick? We're assuming a 12-team, full PPR, super flex league. So, Will, we asked people, which would you rather have? Would you rather have Joe Mixon or the 101 2020 rookie pick? So, and, Ryan, this, this – uh, I don't know if you saw my notes on the show sheet, but this was quite the, the, the narrative not, – not narrative, this is quite the novel – that I, that I went down with Joe Mixon because I do like Joe Mixon as a player, and I, I do wish that he does does really really well in the NFL. But now he's in his third year. Uh, Mixon finishes the RB sixteen in total points weeks one through sixteen. Everybody, Greenwood Analytics, let's get it. Uh, while only being the RB twenty three in points per game, Kareem Hunt uh, scored half a point more than what Joe Mixon did in points per game uh, when he came in towards the end of the season. 
And for Cleveland, I mean, they're both, they're all in Ohio, so they're all horrible. But in week, so week 17, and for those that count that, this is where it really, it really kind of factors into his overall season rankings. I mean, he ran for, in week 17, in the game that didn't matter whatsoever, he ran for 162 yards and two tutties. And then he only had one catch for 14 yards. But it was against Cleveland, who was already out of the playoffs. You know, that's a, that's a worst that you should throw out at the end of the year. That stats, I mean, it's, it's nice to do that well. I think using that much. Cleveland was also doing a, or sorry, Cincinnati was also doing a very weird tactic. Like when they were being blown up by Baltimore, uh, mixing and had an inordinate amount of runs and things like that. But anyway, so I'm 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 going to take off. Uh, I'm going to be taking the the one on one right the easily right now. Uh, so I'm going to you know move those years of usage off of him. Uh, we move into a contract where he'll still be cheap for four years for the team that's going to you know want to build around it. And that he, they could be a staple. And uh, I, I want all the upside of that youth versus Joe Mixon in what's turned out to be a horrible situation. I get that Joe Burrow is probably potentially, potentially coming in there. And he made Edwards Hilaire a great receiving running back last year. But I just don't trust what he's going to be able to produce. I mean, Joe Mixon had the second most rushing attempts last year inside the five-yard line with 16. Uh, and that was just one behind the massive body that is Christian McCaffrey. So it's an, I mean, I think it's a, a kind of an interesting stat that, that they both had a lot of goal line touches, but anyway, he didn't produce, produce enough for your fantasy team this year. I'm taking the one-on-one easily. That was how I felt as well. I, I just think with the one-on-one, you're probably getting a player with a better profile in terms of draft capital. If you want to take a running back, or, you know, you could, you've got value going into your rookie drafts or you could take the quarterback, you need a quarterback. I just think there's more you can do with that pick. And you, you um, laid out the, the, some of the red flags of Joe Mixon. And, and the other thing, I, you know, I always have to say it, there's that idea he might be a characterist, right? Coming into the league we, that we heard some buzz. He's been clean since he's in the NFL. But in the back of my mind, I'm always like, is something going to happen in the offseason with Joe Mixon? So, but, but Twitter, um, while they agreed with us, well, it was a lot closer than this. Um, it was only 50... 4% of Twitter went with the 101, 45 with Joe Mixon. Was, was this a surprise to you that it was so close? No, because I, I, I do think it's worth being close. Uh, the Bengals had the third worst offensive line, according to, to PFF, this past year. And they took an offensive line in the first round last year. There's a potential that they get healthy and get a better quarterback and, and just like a winning personality moving into next year. And – there, there is upside with Mixon. That's the, that's the thing that if you want to buy into an upside for a known player in the NFL, I don't hate it. I just am taking the one-on-one. Yeah, me too. I, I, yeah, I mean, we're, we're on the same page. Plus, all those people who voted for the Mixon side owned Mixon. <laughs> like everybody who owns Mixon thinks that Mixon is worth everything. Those who don't are like, well, I mean, I'll buy him, but I'll pay X amount, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think most people like Mixon, though, at this point. I, I think a lot of people see him as this breakout player that I, I, that's going to emerge. Another Fourth year breakout running back. I mean, here we go. Another guy that people really like, Miles Sanders. I, I mean, um, there are a lot of people right now that like Miles Sanders over Josh Jacobs, for example. So we asked the next question, who would you rather have the player of the, or the 2020 rookie pick? Would you rather have Miles Sanders or the – Superflex rookie pick 2020-102. So the second overall pick in your Superflex rookie draft or Miles Sanders. Will, what say you? What do you want? All right. Let's, let's rewind it back to some Greenwood analytics. Weeks 1 through 16, everybody. Uh, <laughs> let's so do it. Miles Sanders is RB – or sorry. Uh, he was RB20 in points per game, but then he was RB13 in total points in PPR. And I I think this is very interesting because, you know, we saw Miles Sanders rookie season play out in a way that wasn't what we expected. He, well, I I guess maybe slightly expected by those who know the Eagles and were projecting that there's going to be committee, but he didn't have uh, over 50% of snaps over more than 20 carries. Uh, He only had one game with over 20 carries uh, and then had like 11.2 carries per game. That's once you're 17, because that's, that's from pro uh, football reference. Uh, but long story short, he, he finished a little bit short of what we were expecting from his athleticism and that landing spot and a good offense 
a deep offensive line. Uh, you know, what we were expecting for, you know, for Carson Wentz to progress, the receivers not to get hurt. And we wanted a lot from the Eagles this year. But what I want to say with, with Miles Sanders, and this is, this is tough for me because, and it may, not, not for me, but it's, it's tough because we, we thought you know, he might have a fumbling issue. He had two fumbles in one game. You know, it seemed to be a really big problem. He lost one of them. But since then, he didn't fumble again. Uh, and that was, that was such a great rookie year for him. But then at the end of the year, when it was it week 15 or 16, Ryan? He had his major rookie moment, major, major rookie moment, where he was like cramping up on the sideline from dehydration. And this is either 15 or 16 because this is like playoff weekend. And he came out of the game, and then Boston Scott came in and scored like the, the touchdown when he was like cramping up on the sideline. So you saw some immaturity in him and, and not really understanding how he's supposed to, you know, work in the NFL. But long story short is he only had 11.2 carries per game uh, weeks one through 17 and averaged 3.1 receptions per game on 3.9 targets. And I think there is miles of upside with Sanders. <laughs> so, so are you taking miles Sanders or are you taking the one Oh two and Superflex? Yeah. I'll take Sanders. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I see. I'm the I'm the one oh two. I like Miles Sanders a lot, but it seems like most people like him more than I do because I I just think with him, I don't think he's gonna see the volume that we want him to see, and maybe he doesn't need to. Maybe he, I mean he he's an explosive player, but man, I just think that, that that's gonna be a loaded backfield because they'll they'll bring in some guys like Boston. Who are they gonna Scott. load up with? Like Boston Scotts of the world, it doesn't matter who no, they are. No, it's, it's, it's who was who was that, that Notre Dame running back that was like taken late and that, that was, was Jamal played. Adams, right? Um, is that right? Josh Adams. Yeah, that might be right. We can't remember their names, but they'll get a couple of no-name guys. They'll re-sign Jordan Howard. No. It'll, it'll be annoying. No, I'm just saying, and and I think that Eagles offense will. Um, I guess he, this argument works both ways, right? Because I think the Eagles offense will be better. They're going to bring in some, you know, wide receivers. Greg Ward Jr. won't be the wide receiver one at the end of the next year, hopefully. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just like right. The, right. the idea of the what the 102. And plus the other thing with the 102 is if you make the trade now, that, that thing's going to climb in value. And you can flip the 102 for a player better than Sanders when you're on the clock. And you're rookie I team, mean, so. that, yeah, it's okay with that. Especially in Superflex if you want to grab, if you're super high on like two uh, and want to take a quarterback. But – in, like running back 13 in total points per game weeks one through 16 where he barely played in a few of those games and there's even one game that he's he wasn't uh like out for the game he but got they, zero carries that's running back 13 in total yeah, points. they gotta you gotta put in context they had to ride him down the stretch because they didn't have anybody because their weapons were like was, tight ends and greg ward jr man he had, i mean three, come on. He had three carries for like 75 yards he's an explosive athlete on a good offense he is an explosive athlete on a good offense I, I'd rather have the 102. I think I think that that could be that could be your boy Jonathan Taylor. You, you don't want to have Jonathan Taylor over. Yeah, I'd rather have uh, Miles Sanders than Jonathan Taylor on the Dolphins. <laughs> All right. Well, Twitter backs me up, and 83 percent of Twitter, almost 84 percent, took the rookie 102. I also think I flipped off on this. I think I voted on Twitter for the Miles for Sanders. 16. But I think I want Sanders. Right. I, yeah, I think the the hype is building. Um, once again, I like Miles Sanders. I just like the 102 better. That's all. Now, a lot of traveling tires. Only started one year in college where he had no negative carries. <laughs> but tons of fumbles because every time he had a negative carry, he's just like, I'll just lose the ball. That way I won't go on my stat sheet. All right. Smart. I, I appreciate it. So, you take Miles Sanders over Josh Jacobs? Mm. No. All right. Because that question's been asked a lot lately uh, on Twitter. I, and I don't. I don't want really people who would take Miles Sanders over Josh Jacobs, but it's not a chasm. That would be a move where somebody offered me that. I'd be like, no. If I owned like either player, I'd just be like, this is like this kind of one for one deal. I'm just not not for. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the guy that's nine months younger that was taken in the first round, Josh Jacobs. Thank you very much. Anyway, let's go. Well, let's do one more. Can we do one more? One more. We can do Good. ten more. Because I, I no, we're not gonna do all of them because I'm fading. I get this cold and I'm tired. I'm sorry. Sorry, listeners. I am a weak loser. Um, <laughs> okay, here's here's the next one. Last one we're gonna do tonight. We, we'll 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 bring this segment back through throughout the the season because we're we're trying to gauge these rookie values. This the player or the 2020 rookie pick? We asked, do you want Baker Mayfield 
or do you want the rookie 104 in your Superflex League? So, Will, you can have Baker Mayfield or the 104. Things are going to change for Baker Mayfield, Will. They're, they're uh, you know, new, new coaches have come in. Um, he still has the weapons that he had. It, it, it's it's going to be good times in 2020 for Baker Mayfield, right? Absolutely. I'm pretty excited for the, the Baker Mayfield by low window. The only thing, the only caveat here is uh, I think you take the 104 here for dynasty value and then move it for Baker Mayfield plus like a second. Yeah, so at the end of the day, you would you you kind of want the Baker Mayfield side, but you you recognize the 104 is more valuable, is what you're saying, essentially. Yeah, I mean Baker Mayfield averaged 13.9 fantasy points per game uh, weeks one through 16, which puts him at quarterback 27. Uh, he got outscored by Jeff Driscoll in points per game, Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, Brian Fitzpatrick. Uh, of course, the aforementioned Ryan Tannehill, things like that. It was a horrible season for Mayfield. So paying the 104 for Mayfield right now is a mistake because this is a, a low-value time. You should be able to get a little bit of something on top of Baker Mayfield for that. Along, and then, or just maybe be like, hey, I'll give you the 104 for yeah, – the 104 and like uh, uh, Devontae Parker for Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. Okay. Yeah. Twitter likes the rookie 104 over Baker Mayfield, 61% to 39%. So pretty, pretty close. I want to acquire Baker Mayfield so much. I, I think that, um, I think you can, and I, I think this is the time to do it. Um, and it's interesting because, because there are these windows for players and, and sometimes you only see them, you know, for, uh, you know, three, four months, like we're going to see the Baker Mayfield. So I, I just think things are going to get better because I think that situation was so bad in Cleveland. I mean, we saw it, right. That team was dysfunctional. Um, and, and I think he, he, we've seen the talent. We saw this rookie year and it can, things can only get better. So I, I, I do think that the Baker's Baker Mayfield's a guy that you can, um, I mean, you're going to have to pay for him because he's worth something. He's, it's not like worth nothing, but um, hey, so I got a question for you. You have Aaron Rodgers. Do you flip Aaron Rodgers for Baker Mayfield? No. No, really? No, I'd, I'd keep Rodgers. Okay. We can talk more about that later. I, Aaron <laughs> he's interesting. He's interesting because I'm starting to uh, right. I wonder if I need to jump off the Aaron Rodgers train because I've been on it with you for a while and it just he just hasn't done it for a long time. So, Do you know who Baker Mayfield tied for in points per game weeks 1 through 16? Uh, I'll give you one guess. Based on where you live. Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. I'm surprised Trubisky did that well, actually. Uh, it starts in <laughs> points per game, so kind of wild. Uh, all right. Well, let's get out of here, Will. I, I'm fading, man. Two-minute warning. Anything you want to close with? Anything you want to throw out there before we close the show? Hmm. I was trying to think of like any like sort of fun stat I've heard recently. <laughs> what about your what about the your New England theory that you threw on the show sheet? That's where I thought you were gonna go. What was that? Your the um the the bold <laughs> no, this was I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, that was the ESPN article that they, they were like bold takes for the twenty twenty season. Uh New New England's gonna invest heavily in the tight end position and it was one of the, the the least bold takes I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, you know, like, it just I'm, it just floors me that like New England, like New England will make like a play to add to tight end for the twenty twenty season, and I was like, yeah, of course they will. They're horrible. Ryan Izzo isn't cutting it. Ben Watson, after a four game suspension, wasn't cutting it. Like Tom Brady's cutting it. I want New England to move on from Tom Brady. I want Bill Belichick to bring in Andy Dalton and win a Super Bowl with Andy Dalton. I would, I would just, that would, that would be so much fun for Bill Belichick to just show up uh, that he was actually the mastermind behind this. And I honestly, I think you might be able to. It, it will be fascinating to see what happens if, if Tom Brady moves on from new England and, and vice versa. What, what do the Patriots do at the quarterback position? Who do they bring in and where does Brady go? I mean, does he go to Los Angeles to play for the chargers? Does he go to, to Las Vegas to play with the Raiders? I think if you're New England, you put your foot in the sand here and you don't resign Tom Brady. Yeah, but it's not quite that simple. I, you know, um, oh, I, I think I, it is. 
Well, I think that um, Robert Kraft doesn't want to lose Tom Brady. I think he wants to see Brady retire as a Patriot. And, and Robert Kraft is the one guy that could step oh, in. Oh, Robert Kraft lost, lost so much, though, pulling that organization with that instant this past year. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, I think that he totally got he, – he could be totally invalidated by Belichick now. Ah, he still owns the team. Come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he owned the team when they traded, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Niners for a second. Well, that's round true. That's true. Like, but, but that's what I'm saying. He, he did that because, because Tom Brady probably wanted it done. So he is loyal to Tom Brady. So if he wants Tom Brady back – and I think he does. That's, that's yeah, but Tom Brady also wanted Muhammad Sanu for a second-round pick, and Belichick's now rubbing that in their faces. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. I, I think maybe what, what I'm implying here is I think Brady has a little more power in this, um, in this little triangle, power triangle than you, you realize. So we'll see. Just like Drew Bledsoe did? Right. <laughs> mm, well, I will say, Belichick, that's when strength that he has, that he – knows when to move on from players and, and is not afraid to do it so um if, if he thinks brady is washed he'll you know <laughs> want to get rid of him so I, I just don't am, know I, am i wrong that like brady is washed now like he's the greatest of all time but he's gonna be 43 like it's it's time well i think the thing is when you're his age i mean you're the age of philip rivers not that these guys are washed but they need a lot of extra help compared to what they needed five years i mean ago. philip rivers is 37 it, brady's gonna be 38 or 43. I know, but remember, Brady has all those special drugs he's taken, you know, in his, his lab. So he's like 10 years younger. But an older quarterback, they have to have a, a phenomenal offensive line, like the, one of the best in football, and they've got to have the weapons. And Brady just didn't have that in New England. And obviously, if, if you protect him really well, he'll, he'll perform. But he just, you know, he just didn't have it. Just didn't have the weapons or the, the offensive line that he had in the past. So anyway. All right. Well, that's a good way to close it. Just um, speculating on the fate of Tom Brady and, <laughs> and all those other guys. So I think that'll do it for tonight. Um, next week, we got Paul Pertichese of a Saturday to Sunday football podcast. We're going to ask Paul about all these rookies we've been hearing about some of uh, the top names and then some of the sleepers that you might not have heard about. So it's going to be a fun show. So join us then. In the meantime, on behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood and we are the fantasy Joes. Trade your your rookie or trade Austin Eckler for a first round rookie pick in Superflex. It's my last tidbit. <laughs>